Hey friends, welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is Kim. And this is Carmen. And we basically solve all the world's problems here on the podcast. Just kidding. We talk about holistic healing. We explore ways to change our thinking um, and the mind-body connection to stimulate healing in our body. So you know, all that mind-body-soul stuff. Yep, that's what we talk about each week. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Welcome back, you guys. This is podcast episode 66. Uh, thank you for joining us. And today we're actually going to talk about labs. Um, I have a lot of people who come in and ask about uh, labs in general. And so I kind of wanted to uh, sh- compare some conventional labs and some naturopathic or functional medicine labs. Um, I also, because sometimes the cost of labs can be an issue, so I also wanted to share with you the difference between looking at conventional labs through a conventional um, lens versus a naturopathic lens. So um, a lot of times when we go to the doctor and we get labs run and they draw blood, usually what they're looking for um, is two different things is the most common labs one is called a complete metabolic panel and the other one is called a um, complete blood count and the metabolic panel looks at um, our electrolytes it looks at our kidney function our liver function Um, sometimes they'll throw in lipids to see what your cholesterol um, is as well now that panel is uh, often covered by insurance because it's considered standard of care. It's a very broad panel and usually they're using that to kind of rule out um, or look for red flags, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when we look at that panel from a naturopathic perspective, um, those ranges um, that you'll see because sometimes people get labs and the doctor will say oh all your labs are are normal right they all look great and they send you on your way and you're like well if my labs look great why do i feel so crummy right like why do i feel bad um and it can be really disheartening and really frustrating when the doctor's looking at your paperwork and it's like oh there's nothing wrong with you then they make you feel like it's in your head right um and then people get really frustrated with that um, and hopefully there's go they go out looking for more answers um, but sometimes just that interaction and that conversation can be very disheartening for folks and um, I like to look at labs because um, within that conventional range um, what we consider normal um, or average sometimes that range can be very broad um, there are some Uh, Labs like uh, potassium where the range is very, or sodium where the range is very narrow. Um, But the majority for the rest of those things, the ranges can be very broad. Um, And the ranges were developed by, or yeah, were developed in like the 30s and 40s when they were um, actually looking at um, uh, French people um, and people from England to uh, when they tested a bunch of them just to find out what those averages are and that's what they created the ranges from right well 
um, we are different today as human beings um, in general, right? Our health is different, I should say. Um, uh, as Americans, our health is different than it was in the 30s and 40s here in 2021, right? Yeah. So, um, so some people may be on the low end of normal or the high end of normal, and they're still considered normal. There's no red flags. And so that's why they send you on your way. But you may be experiencing those symptoms because that might not be normal for you. Okay. So that's why um, when we look at those labs, I, I have a little bit of a different lens that I look at those labs with. Um, there are some other things that those labs can reveal to us. So we think of sodium and potassium. Those are our electrolytes. Okay. Um, well, when I look at the sodium and potassium, usually we look at those to see um, how well we need electrolytes in order for our muscles to work, right? Especially our heart. So that's why there's such um, narrow ranges and why conventional docs look at those, as well as dehydration, right? That can tell us what our hydration level is at. Um, when I look at that, I can do a ratio and I can look at, um, well, it can also tell us what your adrenals, how your adrenals are responding um, because our adrenals are also responsible for our electrolyte balance as well as that cortisol uh, response that we talk about quite a bit. So um, we can get a better idea because right, sodium and potassium are not just these electrolytes that are just randomly floating around in our blood. They have a purpose they, um, that our body uses them for, for, for um, uh, specific biochemical reactions and cellular health. And so um, if we look at the biochemistry behind where our sodium and potassium should be working will give us a little bit of a better understanding as to maybe if they're not optimal. Okay. That you follow me a little bit there. Okay. Um, I also look at the, uh, of course, you know, conventional docs look at the kidney function, the liver function as well. But my biggest um, uh, frustration with this is because those ranges are so large, right? So for liver function, usually the range is anywhere, depending on the lab, every lab is just a little bit different. Um, but those ranges can be anywhere from uh, seven to 10 to 40 or 50, right? Um, and so if it's not over 40 or 50, they're not concerned. Um, what we do see, and I like to tell folks that optimal, we want to see your liver function, um, those AST and ALT enzymes, less than 20. Anything over 20, your liver's working too hard. And so we've got to identify why. Right. And then so then that kind of um, starts to pull the curtain back on what uh, our detox pathways are looking at. Right. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with kidney function. There's a huge range. And oftentimes um, if our kidney function that, that looks at like our GFR and our creatinine and, and things like that, um, if our kidney function um, is on the uh, uh, on the lower end of normal, mm -hmm. the low end of normal is already stage one kidney disease. Mm -hmm. And conventional docs don't always bring that up to people. They don't always say, hey, you know, your kidneys need a little extra support. Um, your GFR is already around 60. And um, that's considered normal, but 
normal is like I said, stage one kidney disease. And so they don't bring it up until you're like in stage two or stage three. And then by the time they bring it up, you're like, I didn't know anything was wrong with my kidneys. Yeah. So, um, I, sh I share that because those labs can, can give us a lot of information. Um, and the other, um, if we look at them through a functional medicine and optimal naturopathic lens, mm -hmm. right? yeah. Um, and so um, the, because they're labs that usually insurance and doctors will uh, do once a year as a, as a wellness check, um, if they're not looking for something specific, then I tell folks, always get a copy of your labs, right? Keep that information. Um, and especially if you're experiencing symptoms of some in some form or fashion, and you're wondering, you know, hey, will that will show up in my labs? Um, it could, it could still show up in your labs, even though they're all within normal ranges. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, there's also, so we also look at um, uh, carbon dioxide, in uh, that metabolic panel. Mm -hmm. And so carbon dioxide is a toxin that we release when we breathe, right? If our carbon dioxide is on the higher end of normal, our body's not releasing that toxin. Um, it's usually because we are not breathing deeply, right? We're breathing really shallow from our chest. And so if you breathe shallow, you're not completely emptying out your lungs and getting rid of that um, uh, metabolite or that it's a, it's a toxin, right? It's uh, something our body's trying to eliminate through breath. Um, so we can get an idea, yeah, of, um, how well you're breathing, um, what your lung health is and, um, how well you're detoxing from CO2, depending on where you are on that range as well. Okay. So, um, I also in, um, the standard of care in conventional medicine is also to run the second panel, which is the CBC, the complete blood count that most of the time they're just looking at anemia. Um, they're just looking to see what do those red blood cells look like. They may be looking for infection of white blood cells. Um, but what's good with that lab is that not only are we looking for anemia, what that hemoglobin hematocrit is, um, but we're also looking at what your white blood cells are. And then they, they separate the white blood cells. Mm -hmm. So they'll list basophils, um, eosinophils, um, lymphocytes, myelolymphocytes. And so it's nice when they um, uh, uh, outline all of those because um, it gives us an idea of not only how well your immune system is working, um, but if there is um, underlying things that could be causing inflammation in your body that your immune system is overreacting to. And so sometimes those labs, they may not be off the charts. Sometimes people have chronic infections like Lyme, um, mono, chronic EBV, other tick fevers. Um, they may not, those numbers may not be off the charts, so they don't get flagged, right? They're not frankly elevated, um, but they may be on that high end of normal. And so then again, it tells us, hey, you're, uh, white blood cells, those soldiers are actively trying to address something. We just have to identify what. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so those are the two big labs that conventional docs will run that most insurances will cover. Um, 
And so I, I encourage people, if you um, go to the doctor, you can actually request those labs yourself. There are um, lab companies like directlabs.com uh, that is a self-pay, self-referral. You can go directly to them and um, order your own labs. You don't have to go through a doctor if you don't want to. Um, and again, yeah, but the problem with that though is like, how are you going to even interpret it when you get that's where you have to uh, schedule a consult with somebody. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, to be honest, most doctors, if you take those labs to a doctor, um, they will go over them, but they prefer to use their own labs. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to, um, yeah, if, unless you want to do your homework or you have some background in um, laboratory sciences, uh, then you can do that. But I do have some people who get those labs and they bring them to me and then, yeah, I help them kind of interpret them a little bit. So, um, oh, oh, I'm glad you brought this up. Okay, so here's another thing is that in the world of social media and Facebook, okay, um, there are a lot of uh, really good support groups out there on Facebook, okay? Um, but what I'm seeing more and more and I'm hearing more and more of, and I just want to put like a, um, a little warning out there is that um, sometimes people will post their labs on Facebook, okay? They'll say, hey, I, I feel bad, right? I have this diagnosis, and they'll post their labs on Facebook, um, and then somebody will interpret them on Facebook. Well, um, I would encourage you to figure out what that person's knowledge base is. Like, um, is it a lay person who um, have studied, right? Like they've studied their condition. Um, so they have a better idea as to uh, what, which labs mean. Is it actually a healthcare professional um, in some form or fashion that's interpreting that lab on Facebook um, and knowing the difference, right? Um, because yes, if people have done a lot of homework, right? And say, say they're uh, say they have a, a, a thyroid dysfunction, right? And they've done a lot of the homework, they've done the research, and they're an expert in that thyroid condition because they have it, right? right. Um, so there can be, so they can, in, so uh, they may feel like they can interpret labs um, because they've seen them so often. Right. I'm still going to encourage people go to a healthcare practitioner to interpret that lab. Um, because uh, that person on Facebook is interpreting that lab for you through experience, right? Not necessarily through understanding the biochemistry that's behind that. So, hey, except my, and this is just my perspective, right? And I do, I'm not a huge conventional medicine person. I've owned that. I can take that lab. I mean, I don't feel like, I feel like, you're gambling either way, right? I take it to Facebook. I'm gambling. I'm really getting somebody's interpretation through their perspective. And I feel the same way if I take it to a conventional medicine doctor because the ranges are so broad. And just like you said, they're not like, they don't tell me like you're in stage one kidney. They're like, yep, you're in the normal range. Yes. So, I mean, do you see where we are as like lay people? Like we can't win for losing at this point. Um, yeah, it's, it, I, I, I definitely understand it. It is a challenge. Um, that's, I'm, I'm always going to, uh, encourage people try to find, um, 
a more holistic practitioner, a naturopathic doctor, a, a licensed uh, naturopathic doctor, a licensed, thank you, a licensed naturopathic doctor, um, even to some extent, a functional medicine doc um, can help folks better understand um, and kind of fill in the blanks that maybe even like the Facebook interpreter um, may, you know, have um, explain things, but not to the detail, right, um, the naturopathic doc or functional medicine doc could do. Yeah. So um, I'm going to always encourage that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I also wanted to bring up some functional medicine labs, um, because uh, I have a lot of folks who sometimes they've been to conventional medicine, and they're like, you know what, because they told me that all my labs were great, and that there's nothing wrong with me, I want to do other labs, okay? Mm -hmm. Within the functional medicine world and the naturopathic medicine world, there are more options, right? Um, our understanding of the body is a little bit different, so we look for different things. Um, there are food allergy panels out there, and um, I think we've talked about this one before, um, because there's, get it, there are companies that are trying to make food allergy panels more accessible. I think it's like um, Everly or something. I constantly yeah, Everly Well is advertising quite a bit on Facebook. The challenge is, is that not all labs are created equal. So they may not have the sensitivity or they may have negative, um, not negative. They may have false positives, right? Which says that you have a problem when you don't actually have a problem. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have to do a little bit of homework um, if you're not working with a practitioner uh, to try and figure out what the sensitivity is um, and the specificity of those labs. If they don't on their webpage, if they don't talk about sensitivity and specificity, um, then they may not be a very good lab company. Um, or that lab that they're offering may not be that um, helpful, okay? So making sure you kind of understand that. Um, there are also, because conventional lab has a tendency just to run labs for, in a first serum labs, blood, you know, usually you get blood drawn or you pee in a cup, a urine analysis. Um, they're not always looking at um, the, how our body uses sort of our, um, our hormones, how our body uses our nutrients. Mm -hmm. um, so they're, they're, they can be limited in what they um, are looking for, right? So yeah. if people are looking for um, uh, like the state of our neurotransmitters, state of our hormones, right? Um, the state of our, our adrenals, um, we can look at those through urine and through saliva because our body, we're looking to see how our body uses those neurochemicals, how our body uses those nutrients um, and those hormones, mm -hmm. and then how we metabolize them. And then that tells us, okay, if we are not metabolizing a lot, there's a deficiency. If we're metabolizing too much, um, then there's an excess. And so it's um, a way that we've know how we understand how our body uses the hormones and the chemicals and the nutrients that it makes mm -hmm. um so we can identify more things in the urine and in the saliva okay yeah because i was going to ask you that question because i have hormones is a big deal now like that's all i hear women talk about is hormones right and so 
um, they're going to their OBGYN or primary, right. And requesting a hormone test and their blood test. So can you compare like a hormone blood test? Like what are these women getting an accurate picture by doing a hormone blood test versus the saliva and urine tests that we did for me on the hormone test? So the difference is, well, um, it, 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 it can, it can reveal helpful information. Okay. First off, um, cause I'm seeing this now people are going to chiropractors and getting their chiropractor to run labs for them. They want a hormone panel. Right. Um, the first is if it is a woman who is menstruating or in, um, uh, pre-menopause, um, the timing of when you get your labs is very important. Okay. Um, if the doctor says, oh, it doesn't matter. Just go get your labs run. Um, anytime you get a chance, um, it's not going to reveal to us as much information. All right. So you need to know when you go and get your hormone panel run, whether it's a blood test or even with a, whether it's a urine test. Um, we prefer to get those tests done on the 7th and the, or the 21st, mm-hmm. because that gives us an idea of what that ratio of progesterone to estrogen should be. And then when we get your labs back, then we know what yours is in comparison to what the average is. Okay. Okay. So that's my first thing. Cause a lot of people they're yeah, they're asking their chiropractors, their family docs or their OB guys to, Hey, run me a hormone panel. And they're just like, yeah, sure. Just go whenever. And they're not telling them mm, it's going to be better if you go on day seven. Um, that means seven days after your period starts mm-hmm. or day 21 mm-hmm. after your period starts. Yeah. So a week before your period. Um, so that's my first <laughs> frustration with that. Okay. Um, secondly, when they're doing serum labs and they're drawing blood, what they're looking at is they're looking at the circulating hormones um, that are in the bloodstream, right? Mm-hmm. So they're looking at the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. Um, that's usually, or FSH and LH, conventional labs will also run. Yeah. Um, they're looking at what's floating around in your bloodstream. Okay. okay? The difference with the urine labs is that the urine is looking at what your body is using. Okay. Okay. Because when our body produces hormones, we use it, but then we um, break it down and then our body recycles it. Right. Um, So just like how the... um, and women, how our cycle fluctuates, the estrogen goes up and down. Um, we wouldn't expect the estrogen to be the same level throughout the month, right? Unless you were on a birth control of some sort. Right. And so, um, and, oh, that's the other thing. If you're taking a birth control, don't do a hormone panel. So you have to stop the birth control for at least a week before you do a hormone panel, panel or everything will be falsely um, elevated. Okay. So the... Um, other part is that with the urine labs, you have a, um, better understanding as to what your body's using it, uh, or what your body is using. And, um, that will tell us more efficiently, um, that, that ratio of labs, but then it's, you're, you're not just knowing what is being produced right? When we're looking at naturopathic um, optimal wellness, we want to know how your body's functioning, right? Yeah. Um, 
just to produce the labs is not going to be as beneficial to know how your body uses those labs or those hormones. Sorry. So like, here's mine. Yes. And like, that's telling you how I'm using. Exactly. Yes. So based on, so like, that'll tell you, you know, that it's, it's lower, right? So that tells me that, um, your, uh, body is not, we know that your body's not producing as much hormone. Um, and, but also your body's not able to use it efficiently if it's deficient, um, like those labs were. Okay. And so the blood's not telling the, the the blood test is not telling them that. No, the blood just tells us what's circulating in your bloodstream. But not if you're using it efficiently or not. No, because blind, blindly then when they're like, like if they see that whatever, and they give you an injection, I'm assuming it's an injection of testosterone. Yeah. They're kind of doing that blindly, just kind of like guessing a little bit. Um, they do now, some practitioners are good at taking labs to make sure that they're not over recommending or overdosing on, um, hormone therapies, but some of them don't because insurance doesn't pay for those labs to, to be taken as often. So you're right. They are sometimes, um, offering hormone, uh, replacement or injections that are, um, that this, it's kind of a, a guess, right there. And they guess based on your symptoms, right? So people would be getting hormone replacement if they didn't have symptoms. Right. And, um, but that doesn't tell us how your body's going to use those hormones. Um, okay. Or yeah. what's at the root cause. Like, so then you're just kind of dependent on those injections from there on out because you're not getting to the root cause that screwed this up. Right. Yeah. And some people feel great on injections for a little while, but they get expensive or they can have side effects of the injections because it was too much um, and their body couldn't um, use it efficiently. And so then they're trying to figure, okay, how can I get off of these, right? Like what's going to happen? Am I going to feel as bad as I did when I started them? Like, you know, the reason why I started them um, or yeah, what can I do? to reduce my risk of cancer. And, you know, I'm what 60 years old and I don't want to take injections anymore. Right. Or bioidentical wait, wait, wait. hormones. Injections are a, not a one-time thing. It sounds like it's like, you, if oh, you, no, usually these, every three you months. keep these. Yeah. Usually it's every three months. People will either do, um, uh, injections of hormones. They'll do pellets. Right. Um, sometimes they will do like creams and that sort of thing. Um, that may not, and or sublingual, it may not always be injections, but it's all hormone replacement. Yeah, but the, usually the injections are every three months. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So management. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so I wanted to share that because this kind of, um, just to kind of show a different perspective of labs. Um, so in the conventional world, we've, we've been taught and we've been trained. Um, you have to have labs, you have to have labs, right? Like the doctor can't see you until you have labs first, yeah. you know, get your labs done and then you can come in for an appointment. Um, and so I, I wanted to talk about labs today on this podcast because one, that's not always true. We don't always need labs. Um, if people don't have access to them, um, we can still die, um, 
uh, uh, rule out some major things with um, just listening to somebody's set of symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, and because there's so many different functional labs out there, um, I tell folks, well, if we just start with the basics first, right? If you have that metabolic panel and it didn't reveal anything according to your conventional doc, bring it in anyway. It still tells us a picture, right? So gives us a picture of what your situation looks like. Um, and we can kind of just get a more specific lens to look at that picture. Mm -hmm. And then um, the, there so you can always explore the uh, convention or the functional medicine, naturopathic medicine labs um, with those food allergy panels, the neuro hormone endocrine panel. We also do complete stool analysis that look at like all the probiotics and the bugs in our gut, um, especially if, if people are experiencing a lot of gut health symptoms um, and sort of those first line things haven't worked, right? Or they haven't changed anything. Um, we can always, yeah, go a little bit deeper, but um, I wanted to encourage folks, yeah, that you, if you've gotten labs in some form or fashion um, and you didn't feel like the interpretation either by the Facebook group or by your, con you know, conventional, your primary practitioner, um, if you didn't feel like, you know, you were satisfied uh, with that interpretation or that that interpretation didn't uh, represent how you actually feel, go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, find somebody else um, to help you interpret those. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. I hope that helps. All right, friends. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Do you love reading books? Of course you do. So do we. That's why we started a book club. It's a monthly subscription where you receive a box that has really fun prizes or gifts in it that go along with that month's theme and we rotate our books. One month we read a book about body, mind, and then soul. It's so fun to have this community of people that are interested in holistic wellness and we get to talk about all sorts of different topics based on that month and just getting everybody's different perspective. So if you're looking for a community of holistic-minded people and you love reading, this is gonna be the best community for you. It's so fun. Our members just talk about how fun it is to receive each month's box with a surprise book and a surprise gift. We meet via Zoom only twice a month to discuss the book. So if you're interested, go to thriveandalignhealing.com forward slash book club to join and we look forward to seeing you in the months to come.